News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here of the Pete Callender Show. It's how I got the gig. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. I always forget to mention this. You know, one of the best things about the Build Back Better bill um, that is proposed is it will make so many more media outlets taxpayer supported. I mean, I know, like when you woke up this morning, you were probably thinking, you know, we really need to have more sort of NPR public TV kinds of programs, right? More stations like those. Yeah, exactly. Well, this would come in the way of a payroll tax credit earmarked for local news organizations. A small part of the Build Back Better bill that the House passed on November 19th, it acknowledges democracy starts at home, said Penelope Muse Abernathy, a visiting professor at Northwestern University's Medill School who studies the decline of local journalism. But don't worry, she's just visiting. If the $2.2 trillion social safety net and climate package makes it through the Senate where it faces a stiff challenge, it will provide $1.67 billion over five years for newspapers, websites, TV stations, and radio. Oh, wait, wait. Radio could? This is the best bill ever! (laughs) How long have I been saying (laughs) that... Commercial stations like WBT would love to get an extra 1% on the bottom line uh, into the budget. Would love that little bit of something-something from the taxpayer till, like the uh, public radio stations and TV stations get. Because they'll tell you, like, oh, it's not that much. It's only like 1%. Sorry, they'd be like, it's not that much. It's only like 1%. If eligible, they could reap up to $25,000 for each locally focused journalism or journalist rather so 25k per locally focused journalist that they employ in the first year and then 15,000 in each of the next 4 years so 15,000 or 25,000 in the first year that would get us like i don't know like a quarter of one Ryan producer Ryan it's a quarter <laughs> um I am curious, would James O'Keefe qualify for this, or is it only at the official kinds of newsrooms? The Build Back Better bill. I'll get into more of the details here. We're talking about the school safety stuff, too. Um, The threat-tagging story we talked with Congressman Dan Bishop about, uh, this came out of a story uh, Fox News reported that the FBI created a threat tag to aid in the tracking of alleged threats against school board officials, teachers, and staff as part of its implementation of a controversial memo issued by Attorney General Merrick Garland last month citing a nationwide increase in harassment and education officials. So, this may, I mean, I don't know why it just dawned on me right now. It was just so obvious it just evaded me. But, here we go. Use the threat tagging and the FBI, instead of targeting the parents at the school board meetings, You use the threat tagging against the kids who are bringing the guns and doing the brawling in the halls. How about that? You already got the system. Just change the targets. Hmm? What do you think? Just spitballing here, people. No bad ideas. No bad ideas. Tim, welcome to the program. Hello, Tim. What's up? Yellow. 
Hello, Tim. Scott for CMS. Hey, Tim, you dropped out there. Do you have call waiting or something? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, all right. No, what's up? I, I, I hear what's you now. The, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, uh, I think we got a new mascot for CMS. Do we have a new, okay, a new mascot for CMS. Tim the Weasel. To now, be, uh, to be fair. On this last school shooting, when he comes out, his new plan and what he's going to do. I think it's kind of a take the light off of his dropping the ball for four and a half months. Yeah, well. I uh, do wonder uh, where that school shooting was, how many guns were brought into that county uh, before that young man did what he did. Uh, second thing is, uh, I used to live in Mecklenburg County. I had a dog. And if that dog bit somebody over three times, they put him down. Mm-hmm. Or if he broke out of the yard five times, they they took him. Mm. So I think parents need to pay a little more attention. And the last thing is, I drive my kids to school every day. And that one-on-one time is how I can see what's going on. We talk, and I'm a dad. Mm-hmm. And you, you figure out what's going on in their head, and you know if, if there's something that's not right. Just be a good parent. Well, it's like most things in life, right? Showing up. That's it. I mean, you're just sitting. You're you're dead. Yeah, you're sitting in a car, and even if they're mad at you and they're giving you the silent treatment, um, you're still able to be in the car with them. You're showing up for them, and they know that it's going to pay dividends down the road. Uh, But also, even if they're not talking to you and you're riding in silence, that's just more time to listen to WBT in the morning. That's all. You're right. I keep WBT on, but my one son, Brody, will put his earbuds in every day on the way to school. And I said, no, this is our time. I don't want you listening to anything else. You got something to tell me? I need to tell you this is our time right now. So you made a good point there. And WBT is on. It's on the radio. Well, so you should tell Brody that putting in the earbuds is very hurtful. To all of the hosts here at WBT. And if he could not do that, that would be fantastic. And Tell him Boomer's going to come after him. Boomer will come after you. That's right. And Boomer will come after you. Now, we can also say, we can also say uh, that we'll try to turn this into a promo so Brody should listen for his name in this story to be, uh, to be on the air at some point. So it's carrot and stick. No, so it's a carrot and stick. Here's the carrot. If you listen, you may be able to hear your name mentioned in this story about you. Uh, stick, Boomer comes after you. So I, I think that's a, it's a solution. That's what we're all about here. Tim, thank you. I appreciate the call. All right. Um, no, seriously, that is. That's what we're about. Dean, welcome to the program. Hello, Dean. What is going on? Pete, tell, yes. tell, tell me that in this Build Back Better money for broadcasting. Yeah. Just so that there isn't any money appropriated for cloning announcers, is there? Mm, no. Tax credit, yes. Oh. A tax credit, okay. yes. A refundable tax I'm credit. I'm all for it, too, then. <laughs> no, no. Hey. No, there's nothing like that. It's just it's just a payroll tax credit uh, that so if they hire people, they'll get to deduct uh, like 25 k uh, off of their uh, bottom line. Well, do you need more people? Do, does WBT need more people? Well, at this point, yeah. we can just keep hiring more and more people. We can hire uh, to our heart's content because it's all going to be, like, free. Well, what what could I do there that all you guys aren't doing? Call screen for the program. What do you think? Huh. 
I like talking to people. No, no, that's not what I asked you to do, Dean. You're already failing this interview here. I oh, I, I qualify him. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's what's what is the 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 number one duty of all callers? Don't don't argue with the host. No. Uh, be complimentary to the host. No. Uh, I don't know. I give up. What else is there? The Rush Limbaugh School of Broadcasting teaches that the number one job, the duty of all callers, is to make the host look good. And it doesn't oh. matter how that happens. You can agree with me and make me look good. You can argue with me, and then I win and it makes me look good. Whatever the case may be. I... Well, that'd be the easiest job in the world for me. He's acing the interview already. Thank you, Dean. <laughs> Appreciate the call. <laughs> Boomer Von Cannon, yes, um, when you're not doing the traffic reports, just a heads up, yeah. I may or may not, but totally did, sign you up to go uh, attack people that don't listen to the show. I'll, just, put, I'll put them in the figure four leg lock. All right, see, like a I nature knew, boy. Look at that. Yeah, We knew you were the right guy for the job. <laughs> Sleeper hole. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back national, what was it, national wrestling, wrestling alliance. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, well you can't call, what was it, because it used to be called the WWE, but mm-hmm. then, or WWF, and then they can't, they, you said you can't call it that because that's the panda people. That's right. Right. <laughs> can't do it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then they changed the name to whatever it is now. <laughs> WWE. Yeah. World Wrestling Entertainment. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. There you go. There's the key right uh-huh. there. It's almost a bit of a, uh, there's a tell there. It's like a little bit of a peek behind the curtain kind of aspect going on there. And they're still buying those tickets, aren't they? Indeed. Yes, they are. <laughs> Indeed, they are just like they did to uh, uh, to Maury Povich. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the other guy's name? Jerry Springer. Oh, yes, yes. Right? Even though they had to declare themselves like all of that stuff was a put on. Mm, man. Did you know that? Oh, sorry. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> you just ruined my day. <laughs> you mean to tell me? <laughs> right. So it's interesting that that ruins your day. But yeah. the part where I signed you up to go attack people, that did not ruin your no, day. No, not really. I kind of look forward to that. Interesting. Yeah, that'd be nice. Alrighty. <laughs> That's ACDC. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Um, so back to this New York Times article on the local news outlets that could reap $1.7 billion in Build Back Better aid. Something just to keep in mind as you read reporting on the Build Back Better Act. Newsrooms, particularly local newsrooms, stand to gain financially. Okay? And you can say that that's worthy or not. I'm not going to debate the merits of giving tax credits for hiring local journalism positions. I kind of look at it like um, the record labels and file sharing for folks folks who weren't aware at the time uh, or who weren't old enough to know when the whole uh, digital file sharing uh, stuff first started with music, right, where you could download a copy of the song, you can get a copy, a digital file of the song, and then you could get all of these songs. And I remember at the time, like, this was an existential crisis in uh, not just the recording industry, but also in radio, right? People were really freaking out, and the artists were like, how are we going to get paid? People are stealing our music. 
And then, of course, you had, you know, like, so for example, if I went out and I bought a CD, and I did this, by the way, I would have a CD, and I would then make a cassette copy of the CD, because my car didn't have a CD player. So I would want to have the CD, that music, in my car. So I'd make a recording of the CD. And for the, uh, you know, sort of the extremists in the recording industry, they were of the mind that uh, that was a, a stolen copy, that I stole one copy of their CD. Now, I didn't distribute it, and I didn't make any money off of it, but it's still an illegal copy. Like, they, like this was like the hardline approach. And then, of course, you had the other side of it, which was, uh, I keep wanting to say, is it, it wasn't Monster. What was, was it Monster? Why am I drawing a blank on this service? It was the one that the guy that went to Justin Timberlake's character in the Facebook movie, uh, Napster. Yeah, yeah. Napster. Monster. Napster was the name of it. Napster. That, and so that was a whole file share thing. So people would go in there and they would put their own music into these files and then you could go in there and copy them out. And so there was just rampant theft. And then while the recording industry is fighting, and suing and going after users and going after downloaders and uploaders and all this stuff. Meanwhile, you've got Apple and Apple comes along and says, Hey, you know what? Why don't we just build a platform to allow people to purchase the music for, you know, a dollar a song. And I bet people would prefer to buy it and have it. And they basically recreated or probably in a better sense, created this entirely new marketplace. And so now it's the norm, right? Now people go out and buy downloads, and you can give downloads away for free. And the whole record industry, recording industry, it, it, it has changed. Like nowadays, artists make way more money on the tours than they used to. Like the tours used to be after you did the album, but you made a lot of money on the album and stuff. Um, but the tours now generate a lot of the revenue for these artists because the, the music does not so much. The sales, I should say. The sales of the CDs. Um, that's what this kind of smacks of to me. There are, and see, this is the thing that a lot of people have a hard time because it's, it's change, but it's also, it's, it, you know, the creative destruction idea that just because things existed and that's the way they always were, that that's the way they should stay. And people have this, you know, nostalgia or they have a financial interest, a vested interest in making sure that a current system uh, uh, survives and is maintained. Is it possible that, you know, the democratization of journalism and the tearing down of those institutions uh, that have, I mean, honestly, they have, there have been abuses there. They have had excesses, right? Mistakes have been made. Biases have been engaged in. And so is it possible that a better model exists and is being built right now? But don't worry. Here's GovCo to ride in, probably too late, to throw a bunch of money at the lumbering old ancient system. <laughs> and that'll save it. No, it just it, to me, it smacks of the recording industry. Don't fit quite the same. Those old clothes we like coming back again. Not as young as Did you know this song? <laughs> you still or did you like Google lyrics? TJ sent this to me. <laughs> Nice. I was going to say, this doesn't seem like it's in your portfolio, in your wheelhouse. (laughs) 
News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Let me bounce over here to Michelle. Hello, Michelle. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Hi, Pete. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you for continuing to keep this issue of school violence on the forefront because I'm starting to feel like it's being pushed aside and not being, um, the parents aren't as outraged as they really should be. Now, uh, now, to be fair, I cannot claim credit for keeping the issue in the foreground. I mean, that, that really is up to the kids and all of the brawling and the gun bringing to school and stuff. Like that. It's really all, all them, right? I'm, I'm just talking about it when they do it. <laughs> well, that is true, but I am a parent of a child at Mallard Creek, and mm-hmm. I am not going to sit on the sidelines while it continues to escalate. So I'm trying to work with our principal to see what we need to do to come together as a community because I do think we have to come together. I don't think it's just her problem. I think we need to come together to solve it. But Mallard Creek's under a modified lockdown again today because of a phoned-in threat. I don't even think the news mentioned it because there's been so many other things going on in CMS. But it's becoming more and more fearful to even send your child to school. And that's just not fair. I don't want to live in that world. So let me ask you this, because this uh, this comes up in usually the discussions after uh, a, a school shooting, for example, which is the copycat effect there. And, and it is real, by the way. And this is one of the things that media never wants to focus on because it directly indicts media that the more media talk about these types of uh, like bomb threats are, are a really good example because um, there's a very low barrier for entry, right? Just for doing it without actually doing it, right? Just calling in a threat. It's a very low barrier to entry. You can just find a phone, make the, make the call, make the threat sound plausible. And now you have the school shut down. Now, I don't know what the chances of you getting caught are. Um, I don't even know if there are any, you know, anonymous pay phones that you can use anymore, uh, so, uh, so I don't know, but there is a copycat effect for that. There is a copycat effect for the mass shootings. Um, these guys all look at stuff and Google stuff from previous mass shootings. They all, um, are looking at, you know, previous, uh, murderers and trying to top their, uh, body counts and stuff. There, there are commonalities. So, what then? Uh, what would you say to uh, to sort of that line of uh, of thinking when it comes to like when you said, "Well, it's good that we're keeping the focus on this." Are we creating more of it by focusing more on it? What do you think? Well, I think we have to focus on what the root cause of the problem is, and then also what what solutions there are, because I don't think clear backpacks are the solution. They might be a part of it, but, you know, waiting until February certainly isn't going to help us any either. I don't think removing phones totally from the school is going to work out either, because I wouldn't even send my child to school without a phone in in his hand, because that doesn't work for me either, because of all the violence. And then, you know, the copycat effect is very real and a big concern to me. So I want to know why they're not talking about what happened to the 17 students that were arrested at Mallard Creek. Were they permitted to come back to school? Because a lot of the school shootings, there has been a history of behavioral issues and allowing the child to come back to school, just like what happened in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a completely legitimate and fair question to ask about the 17 students. But I also know that they're going to probably say something along the lines of, well, we're not allowed to talk about, you know, specific Personnel, well, not personnel, but student, you know, records like that, disciplinary records, because we don't want to, you know, uh, stigmatize the child and all of that stuff. Um, 
No, but on the other hand, I have heard okay, some so of these school board you know, members have said that, look, that, you know, a kid brings a gun to school and like, that's it. They're done. They're never coming back. Like, that's supposedly what is what, what happens exactly. to these kids. So it's what's not acceptable to me is I'm a Gen Xer like you. When I was in high school, if you even swung, you were immediately suspended, whether you were the one that instigated a fight or not. If you had a weapon on the school campus, you were suspended, period, permanently. You never got to come back. Right. So they're at least, you know, just saying it's unacceptable and it's against the code of conduct makes me want to laugh because, of course, it's unacceptable. Of course, it's against the code of conduct. But what are we doing about it? What is the actual punishment that fits the crime in these cases that's going to make the schools a safe place to continue to learn? I think you're overlooking the fact, though, Michelle, that punishing me, if I were the wrongdoer, punishing me makes me feel bad. And... (laughs) <laughs> Therefore, that's not allowed. <laughs> that's the well, standard. Well, <laughs> I'm most focused on the students that need an education yeah. at Mallard Creek High School. Right. Why? So I'm curious, though, you I'm said... I'm most focused on those children that have all the... Po- There's so much positive that's going on that is being overshadowed by what, what's happening. What about... You said you didn't believe the backpacks are going to make any difference whatsoever. Why do you think that's the case? Because, I mean, you have pockets, correct? <laughs> yeah, but if you've got a gun... There's no metal detectors. Right. So, all right, well, if you had... All right, so if I have to pick metal detectors or clear backpacks, I'm thinking metal detectors is probably a better pick. But if I can have both, why not have both? I'm with you 100%. Let's okay. go with both. I don't think clear backpacks solve the problem, though. I think a, a weapon can be hi- hidden in a number of places, a lot of which I don't even want to creatively say online. Sure. I appreciate <laughs> that, as, do, yeah, as does management. Thank you for that. Uh, Michelle, appreciate the call. Thanks for the work you're doing, too. Stay involved. Stay involved. Oh. See, all right, so in honor of Fred, we're going to call this the, the, the good news segment brought to you by Fred. Giancarlo Sopo, who's somebody on Twitter. I'll tell you who he is in a minute. But he's got a new nationwide poll of Hispanics published in Politico this morning. It's a, it's a Hispanic publication, I believe. Politico. And anyway, uh, 2% of Latinos use Latinx or Latinx. How is that... I don't even know how that's pronounced. Did they ever agree on how to pronounce that word? The only reason I ask it like that is because it seems like the word is about to die. You know why? Because it doesn't help Democrats. They thought it would help. They were, they were like, this is so going to be the next thing. And like, Stop trying to make fetch happen. And then it didn't. And so now they're like, oh, my gosh, there's backlash. And so we got to get rid of it. Forty percent of Hispanics find the term offensive <laughs> not just oh, i don't really like it or nah, not my cup of tea no 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 offensive at they find it offensive and get this 30 percent say they will not vote for you if you use it including a quarter of all democrats <laughs> so it's dead uh dead it's uh it's not going to be used anymore mark caputo I believe he's with uh, Politico. He says the numbers suggest that using Latinx is a violation of the political Hippocratic Oath, which is to first do no electoral harm. Why are we using a word that is preferred by only 2% but offends as many as 40% of those voters we want to win? 
<laughs> uh, shh. Just keep using it. Keep using it. Okay, so Giancarlo Sopo is a media strategist. That's it. Okay, he doesn't have a link in it? Nothing. Okay. I don't know much about that. I, I love these people who are all of a sudden, like this guy, I don't even know who he is. He's got to have a, um, um, well, maybe he's following the WBT Twitter account. Like, we have obviously tripped Ace's dad's trigger. I don't know who Ace is. I don't know who his dad is. But Ace's dad on Twitter is seriously triggered. Seriously triggered by us interviewing Dan Bishop. Oh, my gosh. He is so mad. Uh, it's just spam. spam. I mean, Oh, my gosh. He just, he, like, my whole feed. Dude, I'm going to have to block you. I'll just mute you. Let you scream into the abyss. Um, That's how I roll. <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. Oh, I had something else I thought. In the stack of stuff, Cooper vetoed the... Oh, no, this was it. Dictionary.com. It's where I go for all of my definitions. And uh, they have named their word of the year. Did you know there's a word of the year? It's stupid. It's just, it's basically done so people like me have a topic to talk about every now and again at the end of the year. Like, what is the best word of the year? And then you quote dictionary.com. So dictionary.com has chosen as its word of the year, allyship. Allyship. Which is defined as a space vehicle that is on your team. No, it doesn't. It's it, allyship. No, it's a social justice term because, of course, it is, right? Of course, it's a social justice term, which, by the way, like 2021, I mean, yes, it is a great year in that I landed here back at WBT, and I'm very happy to be here, and I'm honored, and I'm humbled and grateful to be here. But on the other hand, like, kind of a crappy year, right? I mean, it's kind of crappy. That's <laughs> pretty bad. Uh, no, seriously. I mean, like, and today, like I heard, Bob Dole died. And you hear the quote in the speech from one of the nomination conventions, whatever, like 96, I think it was. And he's like calling himself, you know, Mr. Optimism, the most optimistic man in America. And he died this year. The most optimistic man in America died. Like, I don't know. I think that means something. I think, it, you know. I'm not into reading the signs and all, but uh, like that might be a really big one. Now, allyship is our word of the year. I, I'm not going to comply with this. There's some other websites here that do the dictionary stuff, like the Oxford English Dictionary. They're at Oxford Languages. Um, their pick was Vax, V-A-X. I'd say that, look, I've used the word Vax Way more than I've used the word allyship. In fact, I've used the word allyship more in the last two minutes than I've used in the entire year. So I think vax is definitely a better word of the year. Miriam Webster, uh, that chick, she picked vaccine. I'm just kidding. I know it's not a person, a single person. I, I know I'm, it's just a joke. Merriam-Webster chose vaccine, which is kind of like vax. So I've also said vaccine way more than I've said allyship. So I'd say 
Oxford languages, the Oxford English Dictionary, and Merriam-Webster, I would say, yes, they. I, I'd say that's a legitimate word of the year. Allyship, no. Why don't you dial down the virtue signaling just a smidge? Okay? The Glasgow, Scotland-based Collins Dictionary that uh, nobody knows about, they picked NFT, which is the, uh, they are the digital tokens that sell for millions of dollars. Now, get this. While Merriam-Webster relies solely on site search data to choose a word of the year, okay, so Merriam-Webster, they pick their word of the year based on the word that gets searched for the most. That's actually a legitimate metric for me, at least. Like, I look at that and I'm like, okay, how many times did somebody or do all of the somebodies look up uh, uh, you know, vaccine? It's the most searched word. That's the word of the year. Okay, I get it. That's cool. But dictionary.com, they apply an equity lens. Now, they don't say that, but they say they take a broader approach. It scours search engines, a broad range of text and taps into cultural influences to choose its word of the year. So, in other words, completely subjective, <laughs> right? They're going to figure out a way to pick a word that virtue signals. And that's what they did with allyship. They offer two definitions. The role of a person who advocates for inclusion of a marginalized or politicized group in solidarity, but not as a member. Right? Not as a member. So white allies of non-white people. That's your, your allyship. And the more traditional relationship of, quote, persons, groups, or nations associating and cooperating with one another for a common cause or purpose. So, in that vein, I will use the second definition and ask that you engage in some allyship with us for Hancock's bike drive tomorrow. Drop a bicycle off at Bank of America Stadium, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. I will be down there. Brett Winterbull will be down there, but, well, actually, he's coming into the studio right now. Stick around for that. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I'll talk with you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.